Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. My daddy had a dog. That dog's name was Tuff. Tuff was his great big German shepherd. Dale Morgan owned that dog. Fall River, Kansas. Dale Morgan would tie that dog up out in the out in the alleyway of Fall River, Kansas. Kids would go by and torment that dog. They tormented that dog. When Dale went home with Jesus, my dad went and got that dog. 1980. I remember when it was. That dog was tough. He hair stand up on the back of that German Shepherd like this, and people just run. The bad thing about that dog was that dog was a great watchdog, but if you stomped your foot, that dog would run off like that. Scared of his shadow. But, you know, most people were afraid Tough would kill him, and Tough just would run. Tough had lost his self-esteem. He didn't know he was a German Shepherd. He thought he was a Chihuahua. And, my folks lived out in a little place called Severy, Kansas. And uh, everybody's afraid of Tough, but after a while, they'd realize you just bark back and go up and run. And one day, the air conditioner dude was coming to my mom and dad's house, and they had a, one of those, uh, one of those uh, uh, I don't know what they're called, garages, level houses, that's what it was. And the garage is underneath, you know, the driveway here, and the bedrooms are up here. And Ray, the air conditioner dude, showed up that day. Tough let him in the house. But something snapped. Something shifted. And while Ray was in that house, something happened to Tough. And when Ray got Ray come out the front door of that house, Tough wouldn't let him out. And he said, every time I'd come out, he said, that dog had grabbed me. He said, I had dog. Something, something happened with that dog. And the dog realized he was tough. And poor Ray had to crawl out the bedroom window of my brother's window onto the roof of his van and through the window like this because that dog was going to eat him. And from that moment on, if somebody, Ray never did come back, you're right. <laughs> from that moment on, anybody show up at house, that dog was tough. Anybody get close to our kids, that dog would kill you. Because something snapped. Something shifted in that dog. And that dog woke up to who he was. And when that dog woke up to who he was, there was no devil in hell that's going to get to that family. Are you listening to me? Look at your neighbor and say, toughen up. Look at your other neighbor and say, get tough. October the 29th of last year, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to come in to an exceeding greatness of my power. I've been preaching to you since. See, I don't do series. I hate series. That's just so that you can market something. That's just so you can make a little postcard and get on Facebook and market something. If you have a series, you're playing to consumers. They want to know how to. See, I don't, I've never been able to preach that way. I've tried. I don't like it. Because I have to move from a sense that I have a word from God. I have to move out of that. And, and generally, God gives me a word, and I just hang into it for six months. And this year, on October 29th, 2020, I saw this war in the heavens. And the Lord said, you need to disengage from the social realities of this world and get involved in the spiritual warfare that's about the souls of men and women. And he went and said a number of things to me. And I, I came home and preached that to you. Anybody remember that? And I've been hammering at that, that God wants to give you an exceeding greatness of power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is now yours. Amen. If the enemy had ever understood what was going on in Passover in the upper room, he would he'd never have killed him. Because on the Passover, the, the remembering of the day that God delivered the children out of Israel, on the day of the Passover, the Christ... Say with me, Jesus is the Christ, is the anointing. He's the power of God to break 
the anointed one, the Christ, in physical form, took sacramental bread, the physical Christ, took the mystical bread and blood, and broke it, and gave it to the manifestation of the Christ, the body of the Christ. The one took the, and fed, and now the same Christ, if the devil had known that when he killed Jesus, that Christ would be released into every one of you. If the devil had understood the multiplication reality that the anointed one, his anointing, that God would move into you. He wouldn't have done that. And if you ever wake up to the one that lives in you, if you ever realize it, you'll stop playing patty cake with the world. I promise you, if you ever come to the realization that the same God that was in the Christ, that is conveyed through the mystery of bread and wine, that feeds the manifestation of the Christ, you won't care what's going on over the town. You won't care what's going on on television. You won't care what you buy. Because my God. See, in America, it's become so individual. It's about your personal relationship with God. Now, you understand that word is never in the Bible. Personal. I don't have a personal. I have a corporate. See, we are the body of Christ. When I say three, say your name. One, two. One, two. I don't know you. Now in three, say Jesus. One, two. See, we're Jesus. We, not you. Together. Members of unified. We're one. I don't come to God in my name. I come to God in the name of Jesus. And when we get together and forgive one another, when we get together and agree with one another, there Jesus is. And the same Jesus that was the Christ conveyed through this is now here. We are. Why do you go to church? Because I'm not whole without you. I'm not who I am supposed to be without Brian. I'm not everything I can be without Dale. Community brought together by the grace and the mercy of God. We're, we're, now we come to God in Jesus' name and whatever. Oh, say whatever. If you can get the division and the individualism and the consumerism and the secularism out of the church, and the church will wake up that together she's pretty tough. Anybody, tell me what you want us to pray for. I'm praying for Anita this morning that God would do a miracle on her face. That God would restore. Anybody agree with me? In Jesus' name. Whatever. We don't come in the name of Quentin. We come in the name of Jesus. And when we're together, we're the Christ. Wow. The power of that is exponential. Well, I pray. I have a prayer closet. I bet I have a better prayer closet than you do. I have a prettier one. I guarantee you. It, it's a building built. It, it, I have a great prayer closet. But the power of God is found when we're together. Amen. And divided, we ain't much. House divided. Exceeding great power. October 29th, 2020. Never going back to normal. Systems changing. You got to rethink it. Got to embrace the power of God that sits in the reality 
of the united body. I've had people try to explain to me that there was more than one church. Well, the Bible says that we are one. Amen. Amen. What the Bible says. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 8. It's 1130. You sang long. I'm going to preach long. <laughs> Thank you for staying till I'm done. <laughs> Ooh, you get there. The Methodists will be gone. I promise. I talked to Michael. He said they'd get out on time. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. They had just killed Stephen. Stoned the boy. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church. Did you know the enemy will always persecute the people of God? Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Jesus said that happy, blessed are you when you are persecuted. They were persecuting the church. They were killing them. Persecution always comes. It's the preview of the powers of God. When persecution comes, look out, baby. There's power coming. And they were scattered throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. And the devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, anybody know who Saul is? Saul will become Paul. Saul will become Paul, and Paul will write two-thirds of this thing right here. But Saul is confused, and he, he, it says he made havoc. Say havoc. Have you ever had havoc happen to you? Havoc. Just all hell break out. Just, I mean, your water heater break down. You stub your toe in the middle of the night going to the bathroom. Little things. I mean, it just takes little things to work havoc, right? He worked havoc in the church, entering every house and dragging men off and women. Man, aren't you tired of the enemy working havoc in every house? Aren't you tired of the enemy dragging men and women off into stupid things and imprisoning them in addictions and in in debt and in divorce and in all kinds of nutty stuff? Aren't you tired of the enemy working in our homes to do whatever he seems to want to do with good people? Saul was doing that. Saul. This nameless church. Church without a name. If I was going to start a new building, I'd say, no name. Where do you go? I'll go down to that nameless church. (laughs) I would. It wouldn't be in the name of a Methodist or a Lutheran or an Episcopal. It'd just be no name. Go to that no name church. And people don't know who they are, but they sure are radical. See, they didn't have a name. They, sometimes they called them the way. Sometimes they just called them believers. But this is before they went to Antioch. They, didn't, they weren't called Christians. They were just nameless, radical people who were being persecuted by a nameless Saul who didn't really know who he was either. I mean, the church didn't know who they were, and Saul didn't know he, who he was. And so you got a nameless church being persecuted by some dude that don't even know who he is. Persecutions. Therefore, say therefore. That's the anytime you see the word, it's therefore they fell on the floor and worried and wrung their hands. Oh my God, my mama don't like me, my dog don't like me, they're persecuting me, they're all against me. Therefore, I mean, if you're going to be persecuted, it says they were scattered and went everywhere and just preached. If you're going to persecute me here, I'm going to go somewhere else and preach over. Man, I'm a preacher. I got news for you. I was born to preach. Without preaching, no one can get saved. It's foolish, I know, to think anybody gets saved because they listen to a preacher talk. But the Bible, you don't get saved on your own. Somebody preaching somewhere. 
They may be preaching down the first church of the frigid air on the corner of second and main, but when they preach, the power of their preaching goes into the air of that little city and breaks so that you can come to Jesus. Every preacher this morning, 87 of them in Reno County, they're preaching the word. Saturating it. They went everywhere. They were persecuted, so they started preaching Christ, the anointing. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing, seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits, crying out in a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame, and they were healed. Now just forget that he stood up and preached my sermon. (laughs) Verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. Oh, you didn't get it. When you go down to Samaria and preach the Christ, and you cast out demons, and you heal the sick, there's great joy. I first heard Acts chapter 8, 1 through 8, on October the 19th, 1989, in, West, in, in Palm Beach, Florida, in Tom Peters' house, pastor of Trinity Assembly of God, when a, Annie and I walked in on a Sunday night, and Dick Mills was sitting on a stool, and he looked up off that stool, and he said, Quentin and Annie Moore, Kansas. I'd never met Dick Mills. State bird. <laughs> Satellite dish. (laughs) Fence post or telephone poles. There's going to be a wind come through Kansas that's going to power the world. 1989, Brian, just go drive south of town and there's these windmills that are... Click, 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 click. Come on. Power the world. And he said, great joy is coming to your city. October 19th, 19th. I got the cassette tape. He said a whole lot more. I love the book of Acts. It's the second chapter to the book of Luke who began to write and he couldn't finish it so he starts the book of Acts and he says, Oh Theophilus, I thought I better tell you about what Jesus both began to do and to teach. And the book of Acts is the continuation of what Jesus began. He just doesn't do it physically. He does it through you now. And he starts writing down the actions of these apostles, which really is the action of Jesus through the body of Christ. And they begin to come boldly before the throne and they call on the name of God, and they began to walk into areas and preach the Christ, the power of God. Jerusalem is unsettled. It's being persecuted. That city is against them. So they just begin to move throughout the world. They didn't allow fear to grip them because they were being persecuted by people. They recognized that their faith was not just an individual faith so that they could go to heaven when they die. They understood that they were praying, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. They understood that it was more about the kingdom of God manifesting in Hutchinson. The kingdom of God manifesting in Kansas. That there would be a shift and the kingdoms of this world would become the kingdoms of our Lord. I have the right to believe that God wants to rule on earth as he does in heaven. I have a right to believe that he has wrestled the authority out of the devil and given all authority back into your hand and my hand. And just because you haven't seen it done doesn't mean that it's not real. And they begin to move throughout not just believe after me and you get to go to heaven. They begin to move through and preach that the Christ was present to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. They begin to preach the message of Christ. They not only believed in Christ, they believed what Christ believed. That they could do what Jesus did. And even greater things could they do than these things. The church was not organized. It was not institutionalized. It was just moving raw with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
They didn't have a formula to do church like we do today. They just showed up and started doing what the Holy Spirit would have them do. Hallelujah. They didn't have instruments. They didn't have amplifiers. They didn't have none of that programmable stuff. They didn't have a performance. They they didn't have, no, no, no. They just showed up and sang until the power of God. If you want to change the 21st century, you might have to go back to the way they did it in the first century. You might have to unlearn. Well, they didn't do that in the church I grew up in. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you've been screwing around for 30 years, you freak. (laughs) And Philip goes to Samaria. Say Samaria. And I preached on March the 7th of this year about Jesus going to Samaria. If you didn't get that, you ought to go get it. It's pretty good. I know the preacher. And he sent Philip to some area, to some area, to some place. And it was that place where Jesus had been a couple of years ago. Remember? I must need go through, John 4, Samaria. And Jesus went down to Samaria and he sat on Jacob's well, the one he'd given to Joseph. Remember this story? He went down to Jacob's well and he sat down on a well and you have a well sitting on a well and the Samaritan woman comes out to get... Anybody remember this story? And he sent Philip back to the same area. How many know God wants to go back to that same area in your life? That God has previously been in areas of your life, but the fullness of having come into that area of your life has not yet been realized. So he's got to send Philip back into that same. This is the part you're not going to like. It's that part you've tucked away because you're saved now and you're going to heaven. So you don't want to mess with that area. How many know God has a way of sending Philip? into that area. (laughs) You know, that trigger. I love that word. That's my trigger. Yeah, that's that area Philip's coming for. Everybody, don't touch my trigger. I'm coming right at your trigger, baby. I'm going to pick at it. I'm going to come in and find what ain't healed, because if you're healed, it ain't a trigger. As long as it's a trigger, you need healing in that area. If you lose your crap, when someone touches that area, you need a healing. Every psychiatrist is going, don't preach that. Listen, you've been counseling what I'm going to cast. You've been using your head knowledge to counsel a demon that has taken a stronghold in an area of a wound. And you got to go heal the wound to get rid of the devil that's keeping you in a Pentecostal church this morning. Come back next week and I'll be Episcopalian. You just become all things to all people that you might save a few. Listen, I can wear a robe with the best of them. I look good in a pointy hat. Some of you have been looking at my Facebook going, what is he doing? Episcopalians need saved too. <laughs> you're, 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 now you're really going, who, what? Yeah, hang on. Jesus goes into some area to break barriers, to break through the generational bondage that's in that area. He goes in there to break the systemic issues. I I didn't even know what systemic meant until last year. Systemic racism. I want to talk about systemic stupidity. (laughs) Never mind. Those systemic issues in our lives that just keep going around and around and around. Those systemic issues that keep you in bondage. Those those barriers. And and he finds this woman, she's got a couple of them. Systemic issues. She's had five husbands. And then she's got (laughs) a friend. Don't you love it? I love it when people say, oh, we're just friends. (laughs) You got a situation. That's what you got. You got an explosion that's about, because you got a 
situation. She had a situation in her life that kept her from moving freely to the well. She had an issue in her life that she hid. She, she couldn't go out in public. She waited till noon to go get her water. Everybody else had already been there. But she had to kind of sneak around because she had a situation. I mean, you got to... Yeah, never mind. It's in that area. Down there in Samaria, there's a situation, and I got to... And he went down there, and five, and one, and... I mean, that feels like you're trying to shove the puzzle. Never mind. Go on, Quentin. And there was this unexpected encounter with the divine reality of the Christ who is the well, sitting on this well. And he comes through 41 generations to try to correct an issue in this woman's life. He moves through the generations and he begins to go, wait a minute. The Bible says Jesus is tired. Jesus is never tired. What it really says is he was sick and tired of you being sick and tired. He's sick and tired of his people being in situations that they had no control over. He's sick and tired of, of the demonic holding a people. And God was working on this woman to the degree that she dropped her water pot. She let go of the thing that she had been trusting in. And the Bible says that she went and found the men. Now this is a misogynistic. This is a male dominated. This is a world in which women have only one use. And the Bible says she went into the city and got the men. Listen, no woman went into the city and got the men in those days. And particularly this woman. And she had a little... Bond, she, yeah, she had leverage of her own on the men. Do I have to spell it out to you? God touched this woman with an issue, and she went and started talking to the men and brought the men out to see what a real man is. I bet she's looking at them five and that one going, that's what, listen, that's what a real man is. This is a woman that discovers that she wasn't made to be used by men. Me Too movement, hello. It started in Acts and John chapter 4. She brings them men out there, say, she's a seed. She's just the, the beginning. Jesus goes down there to start something. Say with me, he started something. I mean, if you walk into the city and you find a woman that's got six men and you do something with her and she goes in town and starts blabbing to all the men that she's met, a real man, you've started a riot. <laughs> I mean, it says, I must need go through Samaria. Do you know he never went into Samaria? He went to a well on the outside of Samaria and touched this one woman. Come on, woman. I got any women in here that have the courage to stand up and go back into town and say, I have found the real thing and you ain't it, buddy. Are there any women in here that are able to stand up and go, you've been abusing me, but now I know that I was created out of the rib of the, oh my God. If women ever go free, they can start something. If you live with a woman that can start something, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you live with somebody that don't know how to start nothing, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And God sends Philip down to Samaria. He sends Philip down there in a place where he started something. You ever been? <laughs> How many of you got some unfinished stuff? Jesus started something. He made himself known to you. You've drank from the well, but you still got some situations down there that need to be. See, God sends the church to finish what he started. Say with me, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish what Jesus started. Jesus started something 
in the region of Samaria. But he sent Philip, empowered by the Holy Ghost, to finish what he started. See, some of you just need to have the church finish what was started. And so Philip went down there with power and purpose as he was being persecuted to preach the Christ. And when he gets there, he finds that right after Jesus had been there, Simon the sorcerer had showed up. It's interesting to me, people come to Jesus, God does something in an area of their life, and there's always this sorcerer that shows up. Shows up in people's lives, and he begins to use that. And the sorcerer had showed up. The demonic had showed up. Jesus had started something, but how many know the enemy will resist? That the enemy comes immediately to steal. That the enemy will come into people's lives, into that area where they've gone free, but the enemy will not give up easily. Because there are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. The Bible says, host of wickedness. God will start something in an area and you'll come to Jesus and the enemy will come in and he'll use the predominant prevailing principality or power or ruler or host to diminish what you know to keep that area of your life. Now you're going to heaven, but you're living in hell. And if you start talking like this as a Pentecostal, they'll think you've lost your mind. And yet I'm here to tell you, God will send Philip with the power of the Holy Ghost to finish something and to break some principalities and powers and rulers and wickedness off of your life so that you can go free of that because it's not just about you going to heaven. It's about freeing up a people. It's about all of Hutchinson coming under the authority of God. It's about pulling down the strongholds of a region. When I first came to this town, if you were Nazarene and raised your hand, they kicked you out. They wrote papers about me. And if you talked in tongues, you were a cult. 35 years ago. The Lord spoke to me through a prophet by the name of Dick Mills and said, you were there. To destroy that religious spirit that's over that city. And can I tell you something? I have danced up here, jumped up and down. I broke pulpits because I jumped up on them. Because that religious spirit said, well, you can't do that. And I would say, watch me. If David danced undignified, I was going to dance undignified. Because I tell you something, God inhabits the praises of his people who are unhindered or unmoved or unashamed by the love that God has for them. And principalities and powers and rulers have to fall. And people begin to go free. He sent Philip down there to do business with this sorcerer named Simon. Because the enemy always resists a man on a mission. Oh, come on, come on. Jesus goes across the sea to the Gadarene region. And he casts the legion out of that man, remember? And the Bible says that they said, don't make us leave this territory. Let us go into a pig. Because demons never want to leave the territory. Demons have become so entrenched in the systems of a territory. And there's a demonic force that works in Reno County and it's different from the one that works in Chicago that's why the stuff in Chicago won't work here are you listening to me and God he sent Philip and listen if the enemy will resist Jesus do you you remember Jesus you know the dude in a boat the storm comes to keep Jesus how many of you ever faced a storm trying to stop you from doing and the storm, the wind, anybody know the story? Wind, waves, wet. Ann and I have seen the boat. It's not that long out there in the wind. And, the bo- and, and, and Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. He's asleep in the bottom of the boat with the wind and the waves. He's wet. And he's asleep, wet, in the wind. 
and the waves. And the wind and the waves and the conditions and the circumstances of the storm don't wake him up because he knows he's on a mission to get to where he was going so he can set someone free. And the wind and the waves and the water don't wake him up. But Peter says, Master, the wind and the waves and the water won't wake him up. But can I tell you, one whisper of one of his children will wake. Do you understand that you have the power to wake up the power that you can call on the name of Jesus and he'll go what? You cry out to him and he'll wake up out of a sleep and go, what do you need, honey? You have a power today to wake Jesus up in your life and see God move. But you've been silenced by religion. You've been silenced by the protocols of institutionalism. But when the church was young and didn't have a name, her people didn't care. Oh, my God. Jesus, 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 Master. You know how many times I've just said, Jesus. He said, what? What do you need? Whatever you ask. Whatever. Just ask me. Storm. Storm. What do you need? Storm. Have you ever said, Lord, I'm perishing. I'm in deep doo-doo here. We're in trouble. I don't care about the dude on the other side. We're going. The Bible says that Jesus stood up and rebuked the wind. You don't rebuke wind. This is something it's taken me 40 years to read. You You rebuke The source, the force, the principality, the demon, the thing that caused the wind to blow when it's not supposed to blow. You speak to the spirit behind it and you say, demon, you stop. Devil, you quit. You give up. Listen, some of you are too religious eyes to start talking to demons and say, no, you ain't taking my kid. No, you ain't taking my health. No, you ain't taking me back through that drunken state again. No, you ain't taking me down this road of failure again. I speak to the powers of darkness, and in the name of Jesus, I tell you to let go. Look at your neighbor and say, get tough. Buck up. (laughs) My daddy used to say, buck up, boy. Buck up. Grow up. Put your big pants on. (laughs) My daddy was a contractor, and these young men would show up in short pants (laughs) to build houses. And he'd go, You're fired. (laughs) Buck up. Put your long pants on. See, demons. Controlled Samaria. The sorcerer Simon was still there. There were rulers of darkness. And the enemy resists those things. You ever go to a doctor? They take your blood pressure. They make you give them blood. They do these EKGs and they examine you. And then they go... Did your grandpa have cancer? Hey, grandpa's not here. Anybody in your family die from a heart attack? We need your family history. Because your family history will indicate to us kind of the genetic disposition that you have to get sick. How many of you just want to go, I ain't talking about it? Serious. Can I tell you something? 
The demons that hold territories. The demons that held Jacob's well. The demons that hold your family are generational. You're not even battling your own demon. You're battling Mima's demon. Your papa been drunk. Granddad been drunk. And you just think you're going to be drunk. Cousin Bill committed suicide. I'm going to commit suicide. You know, I'm just going to, they had cancer. I'm going to have cancer. And you allow generational tendencies to control your life because you have forgotten that God's given you the power to tear down demonic structures in your family and in the region in which you live. You have that power. But religion has told you I'm nuts. Religion has told you that's too wooey. But God sent Philip back down to Samaria to finish some stuff. And to get Simon the sorcerer out of the area so that all the city could go free and have joy. What if you and I this morning just stood up and started saying, drug addiction's got to stop in Reno County. That the spirit of drug addiction has to be broken. We don't need another study down at City Hall. Can I tell you something? We don't need another program. We got all kinds of programs. We need the presence and the power of God to break down the demons that are ruling over the area. I made the mistake of saying to some preachers in town, let's get together and pray about it. Well, I serve on this committee. I didn't say it, but I thought, fooey with your committee. I ain't got time to mess with your committee. You and your committee. Never mind. I've been standing in this place right here for 25 years. I've been standing in this town for 35 years saying, devil, no. No, 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 no. Isaiah 43. Give up. Let them go. I speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and I tell the devil, you fall like lightning out of the sky, and you let my people go. (laughs) Touch your neighbor and say, be tough. I mean, if not for you, how about your kids? Do you understand your emotions are ruled by demonic forces? That you react because there's a principality that that thing that you've almost given up on, did you know you could start taking authority over it in the name of Jesus and you could break the power of that spiritual (laughs) I can remember God by the name of Michael Daisy he played for Elvis Presley he played this guitar that looked like a machine gun And he came over to this little church on the corner of 10th and Cochran, Brian. Michael Daisy. He was the dude playing the guitar on the Tonight Show when Elvis had no strings on his guitar. And Michael Daisy came to Jesus. And he traveled the world telling about Jesus. And he came to this little church in Hutchinson, Kansas. And he'd play that guitar. And there were maybe 50 of us. And I remember I was weeping over families in the church at the time. And here's Michael Daisy on this steel guitar. And all my old people in the room were going. (laughs) Brother Lawrence was shoving paper in his ears. Raymond stayed in the bathroom. And I stand over in that front of that church on pink carpet. And the Lord said, if you'll dance, I'll break every demonic force that's coming upon your church. That's when I began to dance. Brian probably remember it. I was a nut. I can remember my kids riding home. They're going, oh, dad. <laughs> and so then I'd go home and I'd take our little living room and I'd push the furniture against the wall, take the coffee table and put it on the couch. And I'd say, we're going to practice dancing because I look like a fool up there. I don't know how to dance. So we're going to have to practice some dancing. Because the Bible says if you rejoice, which means to leap and to jump and to shout. And some of you are going, well, I lifted my hand. 
Listen, I've been battling demons for 35 years. And it's going to require radical praise. It's going to require you maybe having to sit there and do this. See, Louie, you had no idea where I was going. I got confirmation between services from Louie. You ought to be here. It's going to take you being radical. Because it ain't about your head knowledge. It's about your willingness to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. It's about getting a bit radical so that God can inhabit the praises and break the demonic off of this city so that we don't have any more drug deaths. No more suicides. I got to tell you, that's not Pentecostal. That's just early church. That's just the way it was in the beginning. Break that cycle, that system, that thing, that link to the past, that foothold in the family. Break it in the name. Shout it, finish it. I'm going to finish it. Oh, come on, somebody. Shout, I'm going to finish it. You, you started it, I'm going to finish it. You touched my family, I'm going to finish it. You, you want to touch me with cancer, I'll finish it. You want to... See, everybody around me wants to talk about the one that died. Can I tell you about those that didn't? Can I tell you about the one that died up there? And pfft, he lived again? Can I tell you about a baby they said was never going to live? Can I tell you about Mel who had brain cancer and they came out and said it ain't there? Can I, can I tell you? I've watched those miracles happen in this church for 35 years, but you keep talking about the failures and you miss the fact that ain't no place else having that. Listen, I'm going to look for some people that know how to shout. I'm going to look for some people that want to just... Get an attitude. When you get out of the car next Sunday, I want you to walk with an attitude. We're going to kick butt and take names this morning. He said, what? Lord Jesus, help me. I got to finish this somehow. My God. This isn't just about me getting saved and going to heaven. This is about me going into a region of my life and into a region of my city and restoring the power of God in the life of every human being. That's what it's about. Well, who do you think can go to heaven? Do you think they can sin and go to heaven? Honey, you're going to be there with your issue and your situation. You're going to be there. But if you'll get up in the middle of your situation, and if you'll listen to, to Philip, Philip will come in and cast out demons. Philip will come in and raise the dead. Philip will come in and take you to another level. Oh, my Jesus. Somebody bark. I need Hampton. I do. I need Hampton. Next time I feel the urge to drink, I'm. Next time I feel the urge to cuss, I'm. I'm going to break this generational crap. Mm. See, religious people will never come back. <laughs> it's true. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going to have joy in this place. Unspeakable joy. Because we're going to rebuke the thing that's behind the thing. Jacob and Joseph and Joseph's children and when Joseph died, 
he looked at his children's children and he said now I want you to go back and take back the land that is yours Genesis 48 go take it back Joseph we've waited 42 generations count them up do a little research and figure out what 42 generations means we've waited 42 generations but you kids go take it Toughen up. Finish it. Walk in the power of the resurrection. Be the manifestation of the Christ. Every time you receive the bread and the wine, the mystical, sacramental, I believe that I'm eating the power of the Holy Ghost. Bam! And I feed on him. And I become what I eat. You just think I'm doing some little thing up here that's Catholic. No, the Catholics don't even know what they're doing, dummy. They just going through motions. They ain't got no clue. How dare you say that? I said it to Francis. Who? Never mind. <laughs> I got to get out of here, Lord. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. Gotta stop. Singers, you better come back. Somebody gotta get me out of this. <laughs> I don't know if you got anything out of that or not, but but bark. Maybe in Dylan's next week when you walk on down the aisle and you see somebody that's in here, you go. <laughs> I'm going to get me a t-shirt that says I'm tough. <laughs> Listen, make a good series. <laughs> it's just I've been doing it for 35 years. It's just a long... Stand up this morning. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time. Yeah.